Therapist Uncensored brings you decades of experience with interpersonal psychotherapy, relational neuroscience, modern attachment, and anything else they think will be helpful in healing humans. Now, here are your co-hosts, Dr. Ann Kelly and Sue Marriott. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. My name is Sue Marriott. And I'm Ann Kelly. And we're super excited to be talking to you guys directly. We've done several guest episodes, which has been awesome. But we also really want to keep integrating what we're learning and come to you directly with just us, your hosts. So one of the things that feels compelling about coming on today is that I think you and I are really feeling the effects very similarly to many of our listeners and many people across the world. And that's just literally emotional exhaustion from the level of constant crisis that we're in. There's no doubt about it. I'm noticing it in my own body. I'm noticing it in the kids. I'm noticing it on our caseloads and our family and just things that you hear about. I think our stress response system is very exhausted. You know, look, we're good people. We can pull together. You know, we can handle a lot. And this has blown some fuse boxes, I believe. It's a good way to put it. It is really like blowing a fuse box. I mean, if you think about it, we're dealing with not only a pandemic, we have civil unrest all through the world in many different areas. As there should be. As we should be, exactly. And we also are having, you know, climate crisis in... Right, the climate storms and the climate fires. So everywhere you turn, and, and, and of course, we also know that we're connected so much constantly all day long, most of us to the kind of crisis that's hitting our body. And so breaking a fuse box is a really good way because I can really relate to this feeling of just my body kind of being overstimulated for too long. Right, and we're starting on a depressing note, (laughs) I'm aware of. But part of our point today on getting on is that we wanna reach out to everybody and just recognize each of you and how hard I imagine things are and how hard you're working. And if you're doing well, that's fantastic. Spread the love. And from what we'll be saying today, we're speaking from a conscious place of privilege, of being white cis women, and there's no possible way that we could, it's as hard as it is, and what we're seeing and through our eyes, there's no way that we could even fathom how it is for folks that are at a bigger disadvantage and that are being unfairly targeted by all three of these issues, by climate and by, of course, the race stuff for sure, and the political unrest and the polarization and fighting, even fighting within families, cutoffs. How many cutoffs have you noticed? Oh, that's a real epidemic. I mean, I don't know that I would describe it as a pandemic, but at least in, I could speak in the United States, but I know in different countries this is happening as well. And that is the political division is really created. Well, the political division, not only about sort of red and blue, but the political division with regard to the pandemic and how you handle it and do you isolate or do you not? How that's even become political. Yeah, I think that it's interesting that it has become political. There's a lot of reasons for that. We won't jump into that, but it is how you handle uh, threat when it comes to your body. We talk a lot about that. It's different and it's different for different people. And that can combust when some individuals may have a defense system that says, eh, let's just ride along. We're all fine. And other people have a defense system that is very 
attuned to all of the stress, it just really can create a threatening response to one another. Yeah, it is creating. It, well, yeah, thank you. It, it is. It's not going to. It's creating a high thrust. Right. And everybody's doing what they do when they get stressed, <laughs> whether you're drinking or you're eating or you're fighting or you're breaking up or you're having suicidal feelings. That is happening left and right for sure. And we want to actually help people. One of the reasons we really felt compelled to come on about that is I think if you're unaware, it's really easy to sort of see this as something going wrong with you or your environment and underestimate how much when your body's under attack as humans, like we are, that we have this kind of shutdown in our body. Like, let's do a snapshot. So wherever you are listening to this, listening to our voices, speaking directly to you, if you're mowing the lawn, or if you're probably not at the gym, but you might be walking or in your car, wherever you specifically are with us in your ears, whatever the stress that you're in is probably not just personal. The fight that you're in, the depression that you're in, that we really want to put this in context that this is unprecedented, you know, and overwhelm absolutely of our systems. Yeah. And the overwhelm can hit you on a very physiological level. And of course, we don't, we're not really trained to kind of figure that out, but we're not meant to have so much cortisol and adrenaline in our body consistently. And when we do, it creates this overload in your system that you might experience like all the, the things you were just talking about. So you also might just experience like, I have no motivation. I have a sense of hopelessness and, and then it can be, God, I can't accomplish anything. And it could create either some self-despair or frustration with people you're living with, like, why the hell aren't you getting this together? And and if you don't really recognize that the exhaustion in your body is going to come out somehow. Yeah, totally. And, you know, again, I think of, I just got off the phone with somebody, you know, where the, there was a terrible, terrible trauma. This is very real. And there's not like, oh, here's a solution. We're being way too real about things right now to come in and give you the three steps to get through the pandemic or some bullshit like that. We are just joining you as human beings to human being. Related to the political stuff, just real quickly, what I was thinking was, this is so not a political thing right now. I want you to think of it that like you get to have whatever views that you have. That's one thing. But what is different and what the distinction I think that people need to make are, it's kind of like, remember with the Liz Plank episode, she talked about, it's not a gender war. It's not men against women. It's people against a group of people that are trying to press down people being able to identify as they want to identify or having individual experiences and really trying to press this old model of a power over model. And it's people who want to recover from that and have a egalitarian, mutually respectful relationships in the world and those that want to press down. So rather than a gender war, it's a war against the system that presses down. And I bring that back up to say that this isn't a political issue, the division. This is more like folks that are intending to demean and take rights away and literally press down on people's well-being and I don't mean Republicans at all. What I'm saying is there are a lot of, or Democrats, just like there's a lot of men and women both who ascribe to this power over system. There's a lot of Democrats and Republicans that want to keep, for example, people of color down and keep white people up or do this power difference. 
And what we're trying to do is separate that from any kind of political orientation. I think it's a really, really good point. And I'm going to add what you're speaking to is that there are individuals that are really intent on doing that. And I agree with you. I think I'm going to add another impact. And I mentioned that we are almost consistently, constantly receiving information. And that information that comes to us often is incited. And what happens is that we... What do you mean incited? Well, what happens is that when we get stressed, we want to condense information and really get some support. So we tend to colonize in a way. We tend to grab teams. And we do those kind of things when we're under high stress. We tend to polarize. And that's kind of what kept us safe, right? As way back when we would polarize as a team, and then we would have this collective force to fight off the enemy. But it's really confusing who the enemy is here. And we are all getting, it's important for all of us to realize, I don't care where you stand on the political aisle, we are getting information that's fed specifically to us to incite us. And it can really amplify this sense of the bad out there that we're fighting against. So whichever side you're on, it really gets amplified. And what happens is we start really losing a sense that we have a collective group that we can trust. And I think that's really, uh, and that's happening where you were talking about Democrat and Republicans, but there's also many countries that are having the exact same impact where you're seeing incredible civil unrest. But part of it is that there's this trust erosion that's happening. And I think the one thing I wanted to parallel my expertise obviously is not political commentary. I think about couples and when couples feel super threatened and super aggravated with one another because they're exhausted, they start taking it out on each other. They start seeing the other as the enemy and to fight against and it can grow and grow and grow. And without us really looking at it and taking a look at ourselves to calm down and not polarize so much in our own body, if we don't watch it, we start to develop contempt and disdain. And that is a real harm mark that's hard to come back from. And with all that's going on with the survival exhaustion that we're having right now, we're really vulnerable to amplifying a sense of that within our own families, our own communities, our own neighborhoods. And I think I just wanted to really kind of do a shout out for that. And I think we will talk about what to do a little bit. We don't have any solid answers, but I think it's important. Yeah, no, I love you pointing that out and normalizing that around that under threat, we do tend to overly simplify, pull together, have the village, you know, run to the village, run to the safe place. And some of this has been intentional. And some of this is just because we're so scared that we're trying to polarize. And so I like the message of hold on, you know, this is one earth, one human race, no matter how bad it is right now. If we look back on this in 10 years, I'm pretty sure it's not going to be just the same. Like things have been really dark in our human history and they didn't stay that way. And that's what's going to happen here. And it's a matter of how we hold ourselves and hold each other through this really, really hard time. I think holding each other is huge. And to speak directly to those individuals that are feeling these cuts in families, uh, I can personally say in a way in terms of some extended family because our political beliefs go so deep in terms of what amplifies other core values. And it's really easy to then just feel that disdain. And one of the things I think I personally am working on, Sue, is like really 
like I was doing it the other day, like when I was having a hard time sort of imagining that somebody could differ so much from me and be in my family about what's valuable, I had to really stop and go, wait, like, for one, we're all hearing different news. And we have to acknowledge that, you know, I think I want to do a shout out to one thing. And that's the movie, The Social Dilemma. If you haven't seen that, I highly recommend it because it really highlights that it's not so much across the aisle is that anything that keeps us attending to the news is being given and getting mad and getting angry and pissing you off is one way that you reach for the news. And we have to really watch that. And so I was walking the other day going, I want to feel really loving towards everyone in my family. And I I started just trying to have memories of these individuals throughout my life and how much I do love them and how much I was trying to see the world from their perspective. And that's not always easy because some of their views are really painful to me. And yet I find it essential because dividing good and bad is going to do nothing but divide us as a culture. And that's a lot longer to recover from if we keep doing that. Yeah, I'm really glad you brought up that movie. What was it called again? The Social Dilemma, the Social I believe. Dilemma. It's on Netflix. Here's the thing that I got from it. You hear like, oh, we're all in this echo chamber. I was aware of that. I was aware of tuning into news that I thought was true and other people doing the same thing. But I thought of it more consciously, you know, like choosing friends that reflect my views and and that sort of thing. But one of the things that this movie kind of really helped me become aware of is it's more insidious than that. Basically, it's being fed to us. So if you're liking a particular thing, then there's algorithms that show you things that go in that direction. So to you, you, the whole world looks like, oh, well, I'm not challenged. This is a, of course, this is the case. And I'm going to add to that. It's like, and how can anybody see it differently? It's so obvious. Right. Because it's coming up in my newsfeed and my ads and this and that. And and even like um, social groups that pop up, all of those things are intended. So if you, an example, if you believe in climate change or you don't believe in climate change, whatever you Google, the algorithms are going to feed you what it is they've already figured out you believe and amplify that belief in you. Right. What she's talking about is in the movie, if you put climate change is based on what the, this sounds like we're being paranoid, but we're not based on what these algorithms know, you know, as far as how you lean, it'll fill in climate change as a hoax climate change is impending whatever it is or you're going to die in 15 years that's right that's right so all of this to say i really liked kind of your walk in and imagining people sometimes we talk about like when we're in a really reactive state you know grappling hook to our history and like wait i haven't always felt this way and grappling hook to the future including like if you're in a fight or something it's like this isn't everything and this is true on a larger scale So I really like you thinking about, like, I'm not going to let people reduce the world to black and white. Right. That's a really good way. And and when we are going black and white, what we talk about, that is a defensive posture. And I can be very black and white. I can like, this is the wrong thing. I get on the news and I get outraged because it feels so black and white. And I can't tell you that I don't still believe that as I'm saying it, because it's very painful for me to think that some of the things I'm seeing out there in the news is just not horrible. And they are. However, it's not the whole picture. And it's not everybody that we get to see. And we start making these presumptions. If you are on one side of that blackness, you believe I don't know, I guess all white supremacy, and that isn't actually true. Or if you're on the left side, you're just a bleeding liberal who, you know, I think there's so much more gray. And the point that I think we're trying to make is that 
our bodies are responding physically just like we do and what we've been teaching all along that when we're in a threat, we go to black and white, we go to our defense postures and we rest in them to keep us safe. But it's not, that's to handle a short-term crisis. We're not a short-term, this is, we have a long way to go. We can't stay there. And that's maybe where we should move. So like, let's talk about how to get our bodies out of that as much as possible to calm our own nervous systems down. And that's what my walk did for me. And it's not an easy thing to do. But one of them is not just looking through your own echo chamber and then building up and building up and building up rage, maybe moving more to action, really doing things, not just feeling, but actually, if you believe in something, really acting on it. So the other thing is that when you look out and it looks like the world is divided, the truth is that every single individual that you see, kind of just amplifying something that Anne said, is actually a complex being. And even right now, there's so much pressure to conform and to be on one side or the other that sometimes people say they feel this way when really they're feeling something much more complex that they want to keep to themselves. So things are not WYSIWYG, you know, what you see is what you get. And that is not true right now. That's never true, actually. But it's certainly not true right now. And then to pick up where you were just going about action. So one of the things is our because our bodies are in stress, the last thing we want to do is go helpless. It is a very costly defense. And being able to retreat and heal a little bit is one thing. But once it tips into isolation and loneliness and real disconnection, that's a lot more of a problem. And that doesn't mean, you know, sometimes like if you're neuronormative, we often talk about social contact, but for some folks, social contact is actually very stressful. So really what we mean is whatever soothes your nervous system. And one of the things we want to recommend is that you want to let your body do something. And it doesn't even matter, like if it's a creative project, if it's doodling, if it's cleaning out closets, like there's something about where you're tricking your brain into that you're in control and that something productive is happening. And it doesn't really matter what it is. You know, if the world's on fire and our closets are cleaner, again, this might sound insensitive, but at least our closets are cleaner and our body feels that versus if we're under the bed, you know, with the mattress over on top of us. That is a very, very painful, toxic state. And those are the folks that I'm more worried about for sure. Yeah, that isolation and that sense of withdrawal. And the helplessness and the collapse, that's what's dangerous. So even if you find, if you're alone right now, it's like just look around and find something, anything that you can do. Maybe it's pro-social. Maybe it's just with your animal and giving them, cutting their nail. I mean, that's where we are is it's like just that basic. It's like get some movement because when you're in that right brain, everything's approaching you place that's the thing that is so dangerous versus if you can move into a left brain where that you're approaching the thing, it actually feels a lot better. Just that one little shift is going to be a way to cope. Just an experience of agency helps you see the world through a different lens. As we talk about putting different eyeglasses on how I can relate to that is when we came out of the shutdown of the pandemic where we were literally all in our house and our house and our house and our house and not leaving. And I remember like then sort of getting out And I could feel like looking around going, wait, like, 
okay, wait, the sun's still out. And the, you know, like, and I could feel the body start to reorganize in itself because I'd been in such a cooped in alarm state that just getting out and changing my perspective, I literally can feel the physiological change. And we're not necessarily, at least most of us aren't there now, but we are shut down a lot more than we could. And what's really hard is that the people that bring you, and I have found this quite difficult, people that you see that you even love that you're doing social distancing, that you can't hug them and you can't, Oh, wait. Can we say what we do? <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. With so our friends. <laughs> we greet by rubbing butts. <laughs> do we really? I guess we are being uncensored. Yeah, it has become a, actually a, a, a novel joke in our friendship group that we can't hug, but we want to touch. So as a joke, we've turned around and like gone butt to butt as a joke. But one of the things it does, not only do we get touched, we get to laugh. Instead of in this moment of just loss, we have, I love that you said that, that is an uncensored moment, but we're like bringing humor to something, but it is a form of connection. We get to have that little relief and it's amazing. But we can't necessarily have some of the normalcy and that can be super painful. But getting out also, like for some of us that just literally, instead of walking your hood, go walk a different one and say hello and reach out and have some sense of social hello, not just isolation in your house. So novelty, really important to help stimulate you. And I would suggest another thing, and that is now's a time to really, I feel like making value laden decisions is really, really decent. Like slow down before just filling up again and go like, what do I really value? Where am I going to put my time and energy? Because I'm sort of worn out. And so I got to really be conscious instead of unconscious, conscious about what media I listen to, conscious to what I'm doing and the effects of me, but also what do I value? And am I living to my values? If I value something in my behavior, am I acting in accord with that? And that's been a really transformational point for me. So much so that we, Ann and I sat down and we're talking about exactly that. We were working on a course called Holding Your Own with Challenging Personalities. And we were going to, and we still may, but it was about borderline personality and narcissism and antisocial and sorting all of that out from folks with you know, developmental trauma. And basically, it's a course that, you know, is about some of what we're talking about now about holding your own in difficulty. And deepening your own security. And deepening security, even when you have these big personalities around you. So I'm still excited about it. But we had done a self-imposed deadline. And by the time this comes out, people were buying it every already and stuff like that. So we really were holding ourselves to it. And we're going to, we've decided that we're going to not do that. This is a one tiny example of changing course based on values. And rather than this arbitrary deadline that meant nothing, we're pulling that back. We're going to reset. We're going to refund everybody's enrollment by the time that this airs. If you've pre-purchased it, it's back in your account, partly to take the pressure off of us, but also because we, we don't want to hold on to something and not make our deadline but the reason we're doing that is not that we're not interested in that topic and not that we don't have something to teach. It's more of we've got to be in the right place and be attending to the things we need to be attending to. And we want to translate that. So again, everybody that's listening right now to do a, a vow and like see where you're putting your time 
and really take a good look at this is not going away for a very long time. So you've got to move from sprint to marathon. And if you're going to go to a marathon, you probably are going to have to make adjustments in your life in different ways, whether that talking to your boss and seeing if you can pare down a little bit, taking a leave. If you, I'm, What I'm particularly thinking about is parents of young children. Oh my gosh, shout out to you. But also those on the front line, the essential workers, just everybody, if we can pull together and really look and see what's really important and what we can do to come together and to make those changes. So just real quickly back to the course. At some point, once it's actually finished and we're done with it, we'll put it out there for everybody. But right now, I think we're having, this is an example of us having to hunker down and really take care of our own. Well, and part of our own is you guys, because to relate it back to the value decision, what we did is we said, it's like what we definitely value, we want to get that course out there, but we thought, okay, we only have a limited amount of energy now because we are, as you guys, in experience of feeling that overwhelmed feeling. And we thought, what do we value? This is a really hard time. We want to do a podcast. We've been so busy. We haven't been able to sit down together. And we wanted to reach out to you guys and join you about this really difficult time. And that was our value. Like, what are we valuing the most? That's why we're doing this exact episode. We value that. We value wanting to get something to you guys to join and to connect community. And so we decided to pause button and we're inviting other people to re- evaluate even it's like we realize we don't have to fill our schedule on a non-stop basis that we can like wait if we value our community then are we actually out in our community and helping are we doing those things that we're screaming about that should happen are we actually engaged in that process right do a bullshit meter (laughs) like what are you doing that is just a drain on your energy that you can change and again I'm recognizing for some folks you can't change but The other thought that I had about it is grief. I do groups and the groups are all online and I set up an outdoor office and we began to talk in the group, different groups about going outside and meeting outside. And universally there was a dread of doing it because then they would feel the loss of moving from these in-person things that we didn't even know to value and losing that. We took it for granted. We took it for granted. And so it was interesting to me. It's like the thought of, coming together outdoors in some COVID safe way, there was a resistance to it partly because of feeling the feeling of the loss in a sense that it was a goodbye to the in-person groups. And the truth is that loss is already there and the grief is already there. It's just, what are we doing to actually feel it? And this might be a time to reflect on the things that you've lost. Every single person has lost so much and, and to feel it and to feel it so together. Just let yourself feel it. That's right. And let mourn yourself, it. Let yourself feel it and even reach out and talk to somebody. You know, I was started, I was talking to my stepmom the other day and she's never a complainer ever, ever, ever. And she was just going on and was perky as anything. And then she just stopped and go, I've lost my family. And I was like, we're a family that gets together and we can't get together. And it's so hard. And I was so grateful that she shared that with me. And we were able to really connect in that. And it's really motivated me to reach out to her on a different level and to help bring connection where we can. We can't all get together. It's our beliefs, at least. But we can do it in other ways. So 
one of the things somebody, I wanted to do a shout out to one of our Patreons who has made a request that I'm going to try to honor. And that is to add to this experience of what it's like to many people to be at home with their parents, grown individuals living with parents. I think that was a really good recommendation. All right. So any other thoughts you want to share? I think it was, we probably need to wrap up. Well, I, I feel like we've shared a lot. We always love hearing from our listeners. We have an incredible community. I mean, it is fantastic. And if you would like to join in with our community, you can find us on Facebook. There's a couple of levels of Facebook, depending on how much conversation you want to have. And there is a group called NeuroNerds that are supporters of the show. And we really want to thank them specifically. Very, very grateful. In fact, we wanted to do a big shout out to our two new Platinum members, Shannon Knapp and Bridget Turner. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Shannon. Thank you, Bridget. You guys are co-executive producers because you really are out there helping us make that happen. Thank you so much. And if you guys want to join, you're going to get a little swag, (laughs) a little surprise swag. You get, if you want, uh, to meet with us in person. And that's cool. And that's fun. And we love doing that. Oh, we got to do that several times this past week. And I'll tell you what, Sue, for me, it makes this whole thing that we're doing worthwhile to meet people from England and all over the world. And they're just amazing, actively involved, you know, interesting individuals. Super smart people. And also, it's a chance to really give us your ideas of who else to bring in, topics to talk about all those kinds of things. So we really love it. And one of the things that we are developing is people ask us all the time for therapists and we aren't taking patients, but we like to support our community. So we are going to be developing a list of some of our therapists that listen to the show and they're part of our supporters. So if you're interested in getting on that list, just sign up as a platinum member and we'll get you hooked up with that. You can also see those folks on our website. Yeah, they're definitely listed if they are Patreon and Gold members. And we also have a couple new Gold members. We have Danica Maddox. Thank you, Danica, very, very much. We appreciate your support. And Toby Van Eiderstein. And I hope I got that right, Toby. Let me know. Thank you very much for your participation. I tell you, you guys help us get this word out for those who might not otherwise be able to get this information. And that's part of our goal, spreading security. And you guys are helping to do that. Absolutely. This show is free and it's heard all over the world, 172 countries. So share it freely. And in the meantime, you guys, ah, let's clasp hands and ride these rapids and we're going to get through it together and we're going to get through it whole. We love you guys. Thank you so much for listening. And we'll see you around the bend. Therapist Uncensored is Ann Kelly and Sue Marriott. This podcast is edited by Jack Anderson. 